This week's two-parter is an adult story for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or if there are youngsters listening, you can skip these and there'll be new stories for you next week. You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is the second of two parts of Glory of the Gods by Night Eyes Dayspring, a known troublemaker who is rumored to have a penchant for coffee and an interest in dead ancient civilizations. Night Eyes' work has appeared in Heat, Fang, and other anthologies. He can be found on Twitter at WolfWithCoffee, and information about his writing can be found on his website, nighteyes-dayspring.com. Last time, our protagonist, Askan, found out his friend Sanis had previously agreed to perform a fatal sacred rite to Bacchus, the god of wine. With time running out before the ritual, the jackal will need to risk the wrath of the gods themselves in order to finally find his purpose in life and save Sanus. Please enjoy Glory of the Gods by Night Eyes Dayspring, part two of two. The library is quiet, most of the brothers having retired for the night. Marist is still up reading through some travel accounts. I need to learn everything I can about the rite, and since Sanus won't talk to me, I have turned to what I know best. I have a scroll describing the ritual in front of me. I trace my paw over the page. The rite is performed by an experienced initiate of Bacchus and a virgin initiate. They will share a chalice of wine at the beginning of the ritual and then proceed with the dance, resulting in a coupling between the pair. The sex of the dancers does not matter, and there are detailed instructions for both men and women about what is expected. After the dance and the coupling, the pair will be offered at the altar. If Bacchus is judged to have been pleased, the initiates will be sacrificed together so as to join him in the next life. The ritual is performed once a year during the first full moon of summer, and in the records the brothers have, it appears over two-thirds of those who have performed the ritual are sent on their way. Usually both dancers are chosen, but sometimes just one is. Sanus will not do this alone, then. Merist, do you know who is to perform the ritual with Sanus? I call to him. It is late, so I don't need to keep my voice down. He looks up from his reading. Philia, she is a caracal from the south. I scratch my chin. He won't be as enthusiastic with a female partner. The fox shrugs. He has been preparing himself. He will know how to work with her. I sigh. Why must they sacrifice people for this? The chance is given for initiates to willingly opt to serve Bacchus directly in the next life. Is it really all that different from the Brotherhood asking you to give up your own life, albeit metaphorically, in the pursuit of knowledge? You too made the same choice Sanus has made. I put my head in my hands and groan. How stupid have I been? It wasn't that I didn't know he cared for me. I just had assumed our sexual encounters were a part of his faith, his commitment to Bacchus. He stuck by me even as I was voluntarily spurning his love. The signs were there. If I'd only been able to see them. If I only had been willing to let wisdom guide me. I rolled up the scroll and slipped it back into his case. The goddess had known I was not ready to serve her when she'd rejected me. I had been blinded to wisdom for the sake of knowledge. I put the scroll away and walk over to Marist. You've been a good friend to me, Marist, I say to the old red fox. You've helped me to see beyond these scrolls to what really matters. I'm going to try and stop the right. The fox shakes his head. You can't stop it from happening, but maybe you can affect the outcome. What do you have in mind? I don't know. I'd take Vilia's place myself if that would keep the gods from taking Sanus. 
He considers for a moment. That could be arranged. As a virgin, I could suggest you to the high priest of Bacchus as a better alternative, given your history together. I fidget a bit. I'm not a... He holds up a hand. They don't know that. But keep in mind that you risk angering all the gods by breaking Bacchus's ritual. Also, he might take you out of spite and leave Sanus here. This is heresy, but I can't let Sanus go through with the right alone. He never would have volunteered if I hadn't been so stupid. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Very well. Let me speak to the high priest of Bacchus tonight. Tomorrow you should approach him. I stand panting, naked. My head is spinning from the effects of alcohol and exertion, but I've put everything I have into the dance. The high priest, a wolf, sits on one side of the temple. He wears a loose robe, hanging open. I glance at him and smile coyly, letting my eyes drift over him before I focus back on the statue of Bacchus. Bacchus, in his goat form, stands proudly in stone holding grapes. The priest gets up and walks over to me. "'Why do you wish this?' he asks. "'Why do you so wish to perform the rite?' "'To serve,' he shakes his head. "'Not to serve Bacchus. "'I think it is to serve your own needs.' "'My ears fall. "'He walks around, appraising me. "'You have the stamina required, and you certainly have the body. "'But is your spirit really with Bacchus?' "'It is.' When Marist told me you wished to offer your virginity to the god, I had to wonder if it was appropriate for me to let you perform the rite. One so recently of interest to the goddess. But I understand that you are rejected for the Brotherhood of the Scroll, yes? I bob my head in acknowledgement. A good initiative Bacchus has to give themselves up. You must let yourself go to the feast, the wine, and whatever comes of that. He walks over to where he was sitting and picks up a small bowl. You pine for Sanus, I understand. Yes, is all I can say. He comes back over to me, carrying the bowl. Then you are never going to belong to the Brotherhood. It is fitting that you offer yourself to Bacchus. He will be pleased that you have turned toward him. Kneel, Askan. I get down on my knees, still breathing hard, and look up at him. He dips a finger into the jar and comes away with a light sheen. My nose tells me the bowl is filled with olive oil. He reaches down to trace the fur along the ridges of my eyes. I shall let you perform the rite in place of the previously selected virgin initiate. If Bacchus approves of your dance with Sanus, you will both be sent on to serve him in your next life. Do you accept this boon? I swallow. Yes, I whisper. My path is set now. He dips his finger in more olive oil and anoints the fur under my eyes. Then an initiate of Bacchus you will be. I am standing on the edge of the outdoor sanctuary used by the cult. I have on heavy robes and a hood that covers my head. It is dark and a storm is brewing. Across the valley on the other side of the mountains there are flashes of lightning in the distance. The open-air temple is built into the side of the mountain. It is a large, flat, open area with a stone altar on one side. Above the altar, a dais has been cut into the rocks of the mountain. All of the priests and initiates of Bacchus are in attendance, standing around the sides of the temple. Sanus stands across the sanctuary from me, a heavy hood like mine over his head. We have both ritualistically bathed, so our scents are subdued. He hasn't caught my scent yet. It has been three days since my initiation, but I have not told Sanus. 
He has spent most of his time by the spring, deep in thought. I left him alone, and instead practiced my dancing in accordance with the rite. Today, before he had set out to visit the springs one final time, he had stopped to tell me he would miss me. I had nearly choked up then, but I had to be strong. Now watching his hooded form, I know he will soon understand my commitment to him. I can only hope that my intervention changes our fate. The drums beat the air signalling the start of the ritual, the wind whipping across the mountainside. I steady myself. It is time. The high priest walks up to the head of the dais. A hush falls, and everyone waits for him to speak. Initiates, together you shall perform one of the most ancient rites of our order. If chosen by Bacchus, you will both join him to serve him and the other gods at Mount Olympus. Already the signs that the gods are watching lay before us, so dance well, and may he accept you into his service. We bow silently. A priest emerges from the side, carrying a large chalice. He walks to the altar and places it down. As I approach the altar, I can see more flashes of lightning in the distance. Will Bacchus have Jupiter strike me down for my insolence before I can even begin? I push that thought from my mind. I can only hope this works. Sarnus steps up first and takes the chalice and drinks from it, and then he hands me the goblet. I swallow a large mouthful of the wine. When I finish drinking... Sarnus flips his hood back, his face finally visible. I realize he is so focused on the ritual he hasn't realized who I am yet. I reach up and flip my hood back. Askan, Sarnus says, looking at me, eyes big. Why? He hisses low to keep his voice down. Two attendants come up and begin to remove our robes, beginning by removing our belts. Because if it couldn't stop you, I needed to join you, to let you know I realize my mistakes now, I whisper back. The fennec looks at me, shocked. You can't be here. This can't be happening. How? I hold up my arms and the attendants remove the robe, stepping back from me. Sanus does the same and we are now naked before each other. Because I asked. I took the oath to Bacchus. You don't know the dance. You don't know the ritual. You're not ready to do this. He growls at me, agitated, trying to keep his voice down. I smile at him. I have studied... I will do my best for you. Askan, you will die here. I look into his eyes. They are as big as saucers, and he looks shocked. The priest is waiting on the dais. You were ready to do this with a woman you barely know. Are you not ready to do this with me, someone you know much better? He breathes in deep and turns to the priest and kneels. I do the same. Are you ready, my children? The priest asks. He smiles a little and I know he could hear our conversation. Sarnus glances towards me and bows low so that his muzzle touches the ground. I am ready. I repeat the motion myself. I am ready as well. The high priest of Bacchus lifts up both hands and shouts, O wine god, we offer you tonight a feast for the eyes and senses. If you find these two worthy, they will willingly go and serve you in the afterlife. We both get up from our prone positions as the drums begin to sound. Sarnus looks at me and then begins to sweep around me in a wide circle, stepping quickly, looping his body through a series of well-practiced moves. He has the role of the dominant partner, and I am the submissive in this dance. I follow along to his moves, meeting him when he approaches me and backing off. We repeat these moves as he tightens his circle around me and catches me on the wrist. He then shifts his weight and pulls me along. 
I follow his lead and we cavort across the stone. He then releases me. I circle back to him and he meets me and backs away, shifting his hips and body, and we then repeat the circular motion we just did, this time with me in the dominant position. The drums beat faster as I catch Sanus, and we spin back and forth. I let him go and he spins off, stepping fast away from me. This time the fennec comes behind me so he can hold me. He's barely tall enough, but he lays his muzzle on my shoulder for a moment before we again separate. As our bodies touch again, he says to me, I'm going to put you on all fours. I shrink back, trying to keep rhythm to the music. Now? I must, he says, sweeping in closer to me. I nod. Everyone's eyes are upon us. I need to fully become a part of the cult. I need to give myself to Bacchus. When we next approach each other, he sweeps me back and I tumble. The fennec is quick with his motions, and he catches me to make sure I land softly. I roll away, and he's upon me then, pinning me down. I struggle, just for show, and when I stop, he lets go of my arms and, second later, his muzzle's down in my groin. The drumming becomes a rhythm, and he proceeds to lick me erotically before he rolls off, pulling me along. Next thing I know, I'm on top of him, and he is suckling at my cock. I shiver. I find his touch sensual, but I'm not fully hard. This is too weird, too sudden. The wine was strong, possibly laced with intoxicating herbs, but I still feel how awkward this is. People are watching us, staring. He slips backwards from between my legs. I realize he doesn't have any olive oil and will have to take me raw. Of course, Sanus is one step ahead of me because I feel him lift my tail and his hot breath underneath it. I feel my whole body lock up for a moment as he starts to rim me with soft, gentle licks of his tongue. The action is so intimate, it pulls me out of what we're doing. For a moment, I can believe we are back in our little hovel. Me, a recently arrived pilgrim from the south to the valley. The moment fades as I feel him press his tongue into me, trying to loosen me up. I suck in my breath and try and relax. If I don't relax, this will hurt. My eyes sweep the crowd of the priests. I can see they look upon us with hunger and delight. The drums echo around the mountainside. The fennec pulls away from me. I can hear him moistening his paw and stroking himself before he roughly grips me by the scruff of my neck as he positions himself up against me. He presses gently against me. Are you ready? He whispers. I close my eyes. This is for him. Yes. He presses himself in slowly. In the past, I was usually on top, but not this time. The wind blows around us, ruffling our fur. The storm is starting to approach. I can smell the scent of rain on the air. Sanus is gentle with me at first, but it still hurts. Once my body stops tensing and I get used to the feeling, he picks up on the pace of the drums. It's rough. I can feel him pressing himself into me harder, caught up in the heat. He grips me hard, and I stroke myself, trying to time it with his thrust. I growl under him, warning him he's pushing me too hard, and he slows down. Sorry, he whispers softly, as he resumes a slower pace. His knot is also a problem, since once it starts to swell, it is tight against me. He works his hips around in a circle while he thrusts so I can loosen up. After a minute, he's got me loose enough to slip the knot in. His thrusts lose some of their potency then, as he's locked deep inside of me. The feeling of him, combined with my own stroking, takes me over the edge and I climax, spilling my seed onto the stone. The quaking of my body lets him know I've climaxed, and with a slow determination, he works to pull himself back out. It takes a bit of effort, and I growl and yip while he works on separating us. 
At some point, this pushes him over the edge. I feel his breath catch and the tension go out of his body. He sags back against me, still inside. The high priest steps back to the dais, looking down upon us. Barkus is pleased, he says. The wind is picking up. Dry leaves blow across the temple. He motions to the others near the dais. Bring them to the altar. My ears lay back. Masked initiates approach us and forcefully separate us. With a flash of pain and a pop, Sanus comes loose, trailing seed through my fur. It is time for us to meet the gods. I am carried over to the stone altar in front of the dais. They lay me out on the stone, with Sanus laid next to me. One initiate holds me down, while another produces a dagger. I reach out with my right hand, and I feel Sanus's paw. I grasp it. You have pleased our god tonight, and he wishes for you to serve him at Olympus, says the high priest. I close my eyes to avoid looking at him, and squeeze Sanus's paw. Are you ready? he asks us. I can hear my heart pounding in my ears. I try to steady my reeling mind. This is for Sanus. I am not a virgin, I say. There is a whisper among the priests. Finally, I open my eyes and look up at the high priest. The wolf looks amused. Is that why you volunteered? The wolf leers at me. I wondered if you really were, but it doesn't matter. The breaking of your vow of chastity is virgin enough to satisfy the ritual. Bacchus will be pleased you've chosen to serve him over Diana. I'm frozen in shock. I want to say something, but there's nothing I can say. Are you ready, Sarnus? I close my eyes. At least we're together now, and if we are to serve the gods in the next life, we will do so together. No, says Sarnus. I will serve Bacchus no more. My breath catches in my throat. I open my eyes. The priest stands above us, glaring down. You have danced in the name of the god, and even copulated in the name of the god. Sarnus squeezes my paw tightly. The rite is only performed by those who willingly pledge themselves wholly to Bacchus. When I volunteered, that was true. But now, my heart belongs to Askan. It is no longer mine to give. You would incur the wrath of the gods for this jackal? growls the high priest. I still devote my life to the service of Bacchus, and look forward to the day when I can continue to serve him in my next life. But I am no longer willing to permit the sacrifice, and ask that my god release me from the rite. The wind blows strong, and the peal of lightning echoed around us. The signs the gods are watching are all present. The robes of the high priest flap in the breeze. He is a powerful man, and he has our lives in his hands. Kill them, he says to the initiates, turning his back on us. Everyone murmurs. Only the willing may go to the gods, shouts a voice I recognize. Merist steps forward from the crowd. The outcasts of Diana speaks! shouts the high priest of Bacchus, with a sneer in his voice. You have no say here. Lightning flashes around us. Indeed, I do not. But Diana will be upset if you claim those under her protection, he says. The priest looks at us, then looks up. He stares up for a minute and scowls at the sky. Finally, he waves his hand in dismissal and walks off without another word. I feel the weight above me lifted as the initiates step away and allow us to rise. I don't understand, I say to Sanus, looking around as I get up from the prone position I've been in. The goddess wishes for us to live, he says, pointing up. The wind is blowing, and leaves are flying through the air, but above us, even as lightning flashes in the sky, 
the moon shines through a break in the dark clouds. A single ray of moonlight falls upon the altar where we are, while the rest of the temple has been plunged into darkness. She, she, I don't know what I can say. Even if the other gods are mad at us, Diana still stands with us. The sign from the heavens is clear. The fennec grabs me. We can live, Ascan. We can live together. We already live. He kisses me, and I can't complete that sentence. Shut up, he says when he breaks off. The moon dips back behind the clouds, but the lightning and thunder has abated. It seems that even Bacchus has accepted the decision, if grudgingly. It begins to rain heavily, and the rest of the priests run for shelter. Marist remains behind for a moment, his head turned up towards the heavens in silent prayer, before smiling and waving at us. Then he heads back towards the library. I take Sanus's paw, and we walk slowly through the rain back to our home. I know in my heart now that being with him is part of my destiny, and the gods have given us a boon we should not waste. This was the second and final part of Glory of the Gods by Night Eyes Dayspring, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.